Hello fellow potatoes. Join us as we unearth some treasures of discipleship in this episode. Hi, I'm Amy. Hello, I'm Monique. And I'm Zoe. And today we're going to talk about how community sharpens us in our character. Wherever you're joining us from today, all over the world in fact, whether that's on your sofa, if you're a couch potato, (laughs) out on a walk or on your commute, you are so welcome. And stay tuned to the end and we'll be sharing a sneak peek of our next episode. I just hope no one feels condemned by me calling them couch no, potatoes. No, nah. no. Okay. We're all couch potato, right? Yeah. I think you should include that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're, you're going, nah. nah. <laughs> okay, so in this episode, we're talking about community, which we have whoop, whoop. definitely touched upon a couple of times in the last two episodes. So who wants to kick us off with why we're the t- queen of community? Oh, the queen of community. Why is it important to live in community when refining your character? Ooh, well, that's like a multi-layered question, really. Well, if you... Okay, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, what I'd say is we're totally designed to live in community. Mm. Uh, We need to be interdependent, interdependent, not just dependent. (laughs) (laughs) We give, we receive um, both ways in community. And really... With um, building a community of people, what you put in is what you get out. So depending on how much time you're going to invest in the people around you and how much vulnerability you're willing to go for. Um, And yeah, that way you you see character growth for you and for others through being in relationship with people. It's people that challenge us, that sharpen us. Iron sharpens iron. You need your brothers and your sisters. Mm. Um, And it's just a joy, really. When, it, when it's done well, it's a real joy and it's mm. such a good witness for the love of God when, when we live in harmony together and love one another well. Um, I mean, I always turn back to Acts 2, which is a depiction of the early church, and it says that they don't forget to eat together, to pray together, and basically to share the gospel and be present in their town together. And that's, yeah, basically what we're called to. Mm. Totally agreed. We used to have that verse up when I lived in a Christian household on our living room and dining well no dining room wall was that acts two passage of you know that's what we're called to we're called to be in community Mm. and what that christian community looks like and it was always a real encouragement to be reminded of it every time we sat down to eat was are we doing this are we actually living that out Mm. and because you had that in your kitchen i've now got it in my kitchen (laughs) so there we go (laughs) (laughs) do you think you can have community beyond the household though or do you think um, I don't know, I just feel like the word gets thrown around quite a lot and does genuine community happen outside that close tight-knit we're actually living together and we're eating together all the time um, because I think churches are often trying to create those communities through small groups and yet I hear so many people who are like oh, small groups just don't mm. quite like hit the mark it doesn't quite feel real enough I don't mm. know, there is something about the rubbing shoulders of living together that creates the joys and hardships of community Mm. and trying to manufacture that outside the home takes a lot of time and like commitment in busy west london lives Mm. i just i'm just trying to work it through like what is the Mm. the can you be in community beyond who you're living with i totally think so i think i've witnessed it the most in the last month actually in the freedom of kind of post-lockdown life i hope um people really wanting to to be in relationship and physical kind of contact rather than just kind of online community but 
it for me i've seen it most in the spontaneity of just having time to be with each other and like i've got to go and i don't know pop to the shops trying to come join me mm. you know just and pe- enough people being free with their time and willing to invest it in other people and to share the little everyday experiences with other people i think is when i've seen community at its best and like we've been organizing really spontaneous brunch brunches but they go on for hours because we start off having food and then we've all got different things to do kind of on the high street and errands to run and we kind of all just tag along as we each do our things and just live our lives and I think that's been a real witness of I've got time but I'm willing to share it with you and I'm not in a rush and I'm I I want to just live my life with other people alongside and mm-hmm. I think it's been really beautiful because I always just thought that you could only do that with a partner or a husband or you know someone who you've committed to having that like living life together but actually you can do that with friendships and it's really beautiful and it's something that I've been really blessed with I guess the last month to see that yeah Yeah, I mean I think I have a very open view of community Mm. I mean it's just um the word itself is just commonness you know that there's something in common so you have that with your neighbors in that your thing in common is that you live on the same street and I think it's it's less about like a practical group of people than I don't know. I see it more of as a disposition. And the mm, more I've okay. spent time in or building community, I, it feels like a horrible buzzword now because <laughs> <laughs> we've said it so many times. But um, what's the disposition? You know, it's like for example, I bump into someone on my street, and I'm like, well, in my head, I'm like, well, they are part of my community. We have something in common. We're living in the same area. Actually they're made in the image of God, just like me. Like, I care about them and want to see their flourishing. No, no, they're not part of my church community, officially with a big C, but I, I care about them and want to see their flourishing. So therefore, I'm going to stop and invest in them. Mm. And actually, people, like 90% of the time, respond to that. Mm. They sense that and they give that back. Mm. And it's been, oh man, it's been life-changing for me. You know, I've received so much now from the people I have in my life, you know, because... I stop and invest in them and they invest back in me and and that's that's a relationship of mutual flourishing that's community and yeah. and you have that in different forms you know among colleagues who aren't Christians necessarily or among neighbors or school friends but also obviously in a much richer way in the church because what we have in common is massive mm. and that we all we're all following Jesus and we've all committed to what's usually a quite similar way of life and with very similar values so there's there's so much commonality already that actually you chuck a meal in the mix and you can all be besties, Mm. (laughs) which is wonderful and such a joy. And I um, have had the privilege of being able to travel quite a lot um, in my different ministry works. And um, it's been well cool to go to the other side of the world and meet Christian brothers and sisters and just immediately be part of a family. And there's so much commonality in the way we live that you wouldn't think I hadn't been there for five years already you know (laughs) and that's just an incredible joy and just gives you a picture of like the kingdom of God where we're all from totally different backgrounds but actually what unites us is far bigger and um we have that basis of relationship already Mm. so there's an Ecclesiastes passage um in chapter 4 verses 10 and 11 it says two are better than one or community is better than one because They have good reward for their toil, for if one falls, the other one will lift him up. Mm. Um, But woe to him who is alone when he falls and hasn't got anyone to lift him up. And I think that's also what's really beautiful about community um, is 
it's not just for the highs it's not just mm. for like the last month mm. of my life where it's been really easy and I've like we've all wanted to hang out together but actually this is the time to invest in it so that when life gets difficult mm. when we you know hit a pandemic and you need someone who can be there for you and and who can encourage you when you're feeling low that's where you then turn to to say actually I need help but there's also vulnerability in that saying I need help and mm. I you know it's so hard in society today to say I need help because it's sh- it shows that you're not perfect and you haven't got it together but I think in true community there is space and there is encouragement to say I need help yeah I read somewhere that actually if you want people to trust you the best way for people to trust you is to say I need help like Mm. it actually facilitates other people to be like yes let me lean into that and be that shoulder for you so yeah it does feel counterintuitive Mm. sometimes but that's the gift of community to say this is me I would I want to be more fully known by you Mm. guys and therefore I'll, I'll share my weakness with you I'll share my need um but it does take time that time to sort of build the the friendships I don't know yeah it does take a while it does take time but I think it's also it's easy to then go into that say you've got quite a tight-knit group of friends in church and when someone new comes into that if they see that vulnerability and they already see actually they offer help they ask for help you know they encourage each other they want to spend time with each other it's so easy for someone new to come straight into Mm -hmm. that and actually have the same level of community in an instant when they first arrive Mm -hmm. so actually it's so welcoming and it is such an amazing witness of the gospel is that if we've got it sorted not sorted but if we've got a good community it's so easy to bring other people in and say come and join us for brunch or like we're going to go do this come and join in and I think I personally think it's an amazing witness of the love of Jesus just you know we live Mm -hmm. together and you don't have to know us all incredibly well to get that you can just have that based on the what the, our community already has and mm-hmm. you can join in as you are and I yeah, yeah I love being able to invite friends mm-hmm. into our community at church because I know that it's going to bless them so much mm. in the way that it's blessed me and I want to be able to share that with other people yeah. what about when your community is going through a rocky patch relationally mm. or like when because I th- it's really interesting isn't it that I don't know it's when things feel a bit tough does that mean the community has gone wrong and the culture is bad or is that just inevitable and there's something for us to work through in that but I think that's often when people kind of be like oh this isn't so great I'm gonna leave Mm. or I don't know what do you think Monique have you ever had what do you mean by tough like 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 awkward or yeah or say say there's a conflict or say something arises and there's um bitterness or you thought the culture is really good but actually maybe it isn't as good um I don't know and then what 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 do you do if you're part of that community is that yeah like or is that bad or is that just inevitable that there will be times where things go harder in community and is is our response to actually I don't know talk about it as a group (laughs) (laughs) group therapy guys (laughs) I think it's really important to yeah to be aware and to be checking and I mean like we've got a great sense of community at church at the moment but I I stop regularly and try and observe from the outside Mm. and be like are we getting too exclusive are Mm. we is our talk edifying like do we build each other up yeah are we actually you know talking about faith stuff and having like the real conversations Mm. you know like of course we're having fun that's great and really important 
but I think it's important to be aware and I mean again you never get there and I think mm. the joy of communities in churches is that yeah new people do come in and people leave and there is there is movement I think that's really healthy mm-hmm. you know like a pond it should never get stagnant there should always be water flowing you know yeah, yeah. and I think it's um yeah it's always possible well I do believe that it's always possible to steer steer cultures back you know I think yeah of course there's going to be toxic environments and toxic communities um I hope that people don't have to experience them but if you do yeah of course there's always conversations that need to happen I think it's making sure that there's always room for communication and that Mm. you're always um seeking out the opinions particularly of people who are on fringes Mm. and finding out why they're on the fringe and and what they see in the culture because we also have blind spots you know if we're in the in crowd or whatever and everything's roses Yeah. yeah yeah and actually hearing from people who are not in like why aren't you in and is it about timing is it about the gelling of relationships things like that I think it's um it's kind of the same as the relational conversations you'd have in a one-on-one partnership with a you know partner or husband wife you have these kind of check-ins of like are we like how can we better serve each other how can we better support each other but it just happens more on a group scale rather than just like Mm one-on-one and like I think it's the same in a family like how can you better support me or you know kids what do you need from us how can we help you it kind of it, it should be a transition from family homes to small groups of friendships to bigger friendships to like the wider church as a general and kind of more exclusive relationships as well communication is so key when it comes to any kind of relational community yeah, yeah. and and a culture of grace and i mean i struggle mm. with this i'm not a very gracious person like <laughs> i have to always come back to that and check myself when i'm being ungracious but um like about seeing the best in people and I think and of course in a community you might have two individuals that have a relationship breakdown and that happens that gets played out in the community and that's really difficult for everyone and actually it's about yeah then putting aside maybe your personal preferences about who you're Mm. friends with and actually trying to see the best in each of them and that they've both done what they can in terms of bringing reconciliation or whatever Mm. and um just yeah trying to trying to think the best and trying to see it from both perspectives um and it's difficult in a human sense you know we often want to take sides or <laughs> you know we, mm. there are some certain people that we're gonna gel with better because of their personality than others and I find actually if there are certain personality types that I really don't gel with I try and spend more time with them because mm-hmm. it's good for me and often it's because it pokes something in my character that I haven't sorted out or addressed I don't know yeah yeah, there was a phrase in yesterday's sermon that I wrote down because I thought it was really relevant for this was that we become ourselves in relationship to others. Mm. We get to yeah. find out more of who we are when spending time with other people because, as you say, they can point on things in our character that either push our buttons so that we don't like that kind of aggravate something in us, but also they can bring out the gold in us. And I think that's what's really valuable in community is that both ways that you know you're going to meet people you're inevitably always going to meet people in life who frustrate you irritate you push your buttons and if you're meeting them in a kind of a safe community you're going to learn how to support them and love them as Christ would love them and and to learn from what they're pushing in your character but then you also have people who are going to encourage you and bring out of you things you didn't even realize and you're going to become more like their better character that they're showing you and so you become more like yourself because either you can learn from what someone's showing you or you can grow into what you're meant to be and you have that kind of pull from both sides 
which I think is beautiful about community. Yeah. Just learning from others mm. and growing together. And there were a couple of really good questions that came in through the Instagram Ooh, that yeah. were kind of good awesome. because they look at the negative side. So I think yeah. we should definitely have a look at them. Um, so the first was, how do we live as community in our 20s without constant competition, which leads to disappointment? Ooh. Um, what I thought about for this <laughs> is um, that actually competition tends to evaporate when you hear someone's story. <laughs> yes. And actually, if you're in community with people and you hear them out, actually, most people's lives aren't peachy behind the scenes. Mm. And I found a lot of people I would probably want to compare myself to when I actually hear what's going on I'm like oh that makes sense that yeah. you behave like xyz I don't want to trade places with you after yeah. all yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah that's the simple answer <laughs> but yeah of course uh, comparison is a really difficult thing to yeah. I think it links back to our last season about identity I'm reminded mm. of that quote I shared like <laughs> as the image of myself grows sharper and more precious in my mind I'm less afraid that someone can um erase me by denying me love or them receiving love and looking shinier than me. And I would say to that, do some identity work so that you are more and more aware of how precious you are in the eyes of God. And you're more aware of the gifts that you're bringing. And hopefully then the gifts of others will look less like they're diminishing you and more like they're complimenting you that you get to be with them because um, you, you're meant to be there too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, nothing to add to that. Cool. Okay, so the other question was, it's easy to live in community in the highs, but what about the lows when the easiest option is to isolate yourself? How can we be a better community to those who withdraw in the tough times? So I guess kind of similar to what we've been speaking on, but like let's draw on the the actual advice Mm. on how we can better... So that's people when people in. are pulling away. Yeah. Mm. When their instinct is to pull away, not yeah. necessarily like your own, but how can you encourage those who are on the fringe, for example, mm. in a in a community? I think like your instinct is to pull away if you're in a low because you're a bit embarrassed, like of showing weakness mm. or wanting or needing to be dependent on people. But actually what I'd say is, and this is something someone really challenged in me a couple of years ago, they said, Monique, you really present to the world this view that you're like all put together and actually having lived with you is a total lie. <laughs> that was really <laughs> savage, but I was like, yeah. And actually that was so good for me to hear in a safe place, you know, with the housemates. And um, so I started slowly trying to share lows. And I'll tell you what, I can't tell you the richness of community has come that has come from it by me like getting over myself a bit I'm still still a process (laughs) (laughs) um and then people being able to come in and the thing is that also um God will often minister to you in your low times through his body Mm. so if his body don't know that you're suffering then they can't really step in and help you like for example God bless Zara. She came around the other day <laughs> and I was just totally dead for the week lying on the sofa. My housemate actually went and let Zara in. And I was like, right, I could jump up and pretend I'm all fine and go and make her a coffee. But I actually just was knackered, so I didn't move. So she just came in and then, you know, she was amazing. She made us both coffee in my house and then she proceeded to just clean my kitchen Aww. quietly without even asking. I didn't even have to say where I was, but actually, you know, we had you know been friends long enough and had sh- both shared our highs and our lows so mm. there was that kind of just easiness in relationship where there have been times where I've been able to step in and serve her and times where she's been able to step in and serve me and it's a beautiful thing like and it's I you know I felt so loved mm. <laughs> and so held and um so I think if you're having a tough time like all I can say is like 
be bold and courageous and share it with someone because God will bless you through that, through mm. the person that you share it with, hopefully, <laughs> if they listen to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, um, you don't know what um, what space you'll be holding for other people who are also struggling if you're mm. open, basically, is my mm. takeaway. And if you're yep. the person trying to reach out to the one who's withdrawn, I think it, you can never underestimate the power of consistency in small things like Zara just showing up and um even if you know you don't feel like you could show up at that door like could you text them repeatedly like once uh, every day or could you give them a call we don't call people anymore or millennials we hate it don't we (laughs) don't call me um could you write them a letter could you oh this is nice one of my friends sometimes if I've had a stressful day she'll send me like a delivery gift card and you just feel like oh you're thinking of me that's so sweet like what's a small thing that you could reach out that shows that you genuinely care and once that olive branch is out there I guess maybe they might feel that they could Mm. come back in and always making sure the door is open, uh, particularly as a youth leader, I, I have so many youth who kind of, they get out of the habit of coming and withdraw and withdraw and it feels so much harder. It takes so much more bravery to come back after you've been away a little while. And the ones who manage it, it's either because they've got some like friends already embedded in. So a invite to something a little bit different can help, like planning something like an outing or something can be yeah. fun. I want to pick up on the way that you were saying to let people serve you. Mm. What I've learned over the last few years is through community, getting to know people's love languages Mm. and then being able to give them that when I can tell that they just need to know that they are loved. And so that could be really simple to serve someone if you know service is their love language or gift. Be like, I know you've had a really rough day, like here's some chocolate or like here's something to show you that I care and I'm here. Even if that isn't like for for example giving gifts isn't my natural love language but I know that for some people it really is and so therefore I'll go out of my way to serve them in that because I know that that's what will show them that they're loved or for other people it could be I'm going to do something for you like Zara came and did something for you she did one of your tasks she served you in what you needed to get done that day and for me that's what I really learned is okay when I can see their inner high what shows them that they're loved from having been with them in a high what shows them that they're loved and when I can see them withdrawing how can I show them that I still love them through what I do for them and show them whatever it is so I think my advice is learning people's love languages and it's really beautiful also within friendships to be able to know that and not just in a romantic relationship because it shows that you care and that you are there for them even if you're not physically there for them so that's my advice. Yeah. But you only know that if you're vulnerable and you get you open up those doors. Mm. Ladies potatoes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> right. So hashtag blessed next time everyone. Ooh. God can sometimes be quite last minute. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> I like a plan, I like my certainty. <laughs> and yet yeah, his timing is perfect. And yet, in being so fixated on the thing, we can lose sight of who he is Mm. and lose sight of the gift of trying to trust and surrender in the not knowing. Because I think in the not knowing, that is where faith gets to operate. That's where your faith gets to stretch and grow. And he always comes through like he won't let you down. And yet we have to kind of have open hearts to to receive that from him. Mm. Yeah.